Welcome to another episode of Terrell Paranormal Talk, where we discuss all things supernatural, weird, and unexplained. Join us for discussions on UFOs, ghost stories, paranormal investigations, strange monster sightings, psychic skills, and places of high strangeness. I'll leave you to one of our esteemed investigators hosting today, and perhaps you will leave a little wiser and a little closer to having your curiosity satisfied. We hope you enjoy today's show. Hey there, it's me and Mary Jo today. Say hi, Mary Jo. Hello. Say hi, Mary Jo. Hi, Mary Jo. There you go. <laughs> Joke is wasted on this woman. What can I say? Glad to have you as a conversation partner today because you know a lot about this particular subject, Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch. You get excited that we're going to talk about Skinwalker Ranch? I get excited about Skinwalker Ranch. Okay. I'm actually rereading the book that came out in 2006, Big Call, The Hunt for Skinwalker. And it was written by Keller and George Knapp. Well, I read at least some of this book, but I'm wondering if I read all of it. Mm -hmm. Because I don't remember some of the same stories that I have heard on other, heard on audiobooks. I read audiobooks. That's not, you know. (laughs) Okay. But whatever. Uh, You were talking about the... Vortexes they had seen, and I don't think we need to go in any particular order. There are vortexes that have been seen at Skinwalker Ranch. So why don't you tell me what you were saying earlier? Well, the owners, Tom Gorman, who owned it at the time, he and his family were ranching there. They were the original well ranchers before Bigelow, correct? Yes, they were. Okay. The, they were the owners prior to Bigelow. And they only lived on their ranch about 18 months, and then they just had to leave it. And he was going broke because high-dollar cattle were being decimated, you know, the herd. He was losing cattle so Yes, that, and also just disappearances. Tom Gorman, and I believe his son, and then later, two of the Bigelow investigators witnessed what appeared to be just like a, a um, an orb, about a foot and a half above the ground, and it opened, opened like a pipe, like it was a tunnel, and they witnessed a large, black, hairy creature crawl out of, out of that tunnel. And it wasn't a Bigfoot. No, it was not a, well, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it was very, they both described it as very large, and it crawled out on its elbows, kind of pulled itself out. It was crawling and pulled itself out of that tube-like apparatus onto the ground and got up and ran off. Now, Tom Gorman witnessed it with his naked eye. The two investigators that saw it were out on a stakeout. They would, uh, there were a number of them, and they would go in pairs, and they would sit up all night and observe different areas of the ranch. And they had infrared binoculars and you know a set of equipment with him when the two investigators experienced this one of them was using a set of night vision military grade binoculars he witnessed it through those binoculars the other one with him 
had ordinary binoculars and camera, he did not witness it. But the scientist that witnessed it was so terribly shaken, and he was describing what was happening as he was seeing it and just in disbelief. But the second one with him did not see it. He could not see it. Just to clarify for the listeners, the Skinwalker Ranch was originally owned by the... Well, Gorman, it, This they were not the original. Okay, owners. but the Gorman Ranch is where we have all the stories from. Is yes. that correct? Okay. Yes, they so, purchased it in about, I think, 96, 1996. Uh-huh. He brought his cattle onto mm-hmm. it to ranch. And they owned it... They lived on it for 18 months. For 18 months, okay. And then they, it was just too traumatic. The things were just constantly happening that they couldn't explain. And like I said, he was about to go bankrupt because he was losing all these prized cattle. cattle. That were disappearing as yes. a result of the cattle mutilations and the cattle disappearing. And then when he sold it, he sold it to he a man named Bigelow. Big, actually, Bigelow had... U.S. government money yes. to investigate some aspects of the paranormal on the ranch. UFOs. Yes, they bought it. They put construction trailer on it to stay in, and they would have multiple people out at the ranch. Not all of the time they would do it for periods of time, but they found that they did not experience many of the things that Gorman had relayed. But they all believed Tom Gorman. Mm-hmm. He was an honest man, and of course there were rumors about the surrounding properties too, about things happening there, and they had no reason not to believe him. But they did not witness some of the same things. They did witness a lot of strange things. He had nothing to gain. He had nothing to gain. And a lot to lose as far as his reputation and his good name. Yes. Now, he stayed on... Ironically, they moved to another piece of property about 20 miles away. He left some of his herd on the ranch and became kind of a caretaker for Bigelow. But they also wanted to kind of see, you know, what was going on with the cattle. And they felt like, you know, he he wanted an explanation. And he felt like if anybody could give it to him, it would be Bigelow's team. So it was a win-win for him to sell it it to Bigelow. Yes, so he didn't live there, and his family did not live there. They lived off-site, so he did stay there all the time, so he would come and go. And then later on, Bigelow sold it to the man who owns it today. Brandon Fugel. Brandon Fugel. And he's recently done a television series on the show. Yes. And... That we'll discuss, I'm sure, yes. at some other point. So, the belief is that Skinwalker Ranch is a vortex or a portal or the access to a wormhole, which is what you'd call a portal, I assume, <laughs> in quantum physics. I assume, because I don't know much about quantum physics, it's believed to be a place where these universes come closer and closer and closer together until they touch. And that is what is believed is going on at Skinwalker Ranch, that it's basically an interdimensional planetary UFOs. The UFO sightings out there are 
enormous. Mm -hmm. The what do we talk about first? Let's talk about the cattle mutilations. Yes, well, and of course that's something that happens in areas across the country, but there were quite a few there. And it was, you know, the I'd say classic mutilation where there were precision cuts made, cutting out, removing the the animal's eyes and their their hindquarters and their internal organs. No blood, but very precise, clean incisions. And Tom Gordon reported in this book that the first time it happened to one of his his cattle, he went into town and reported it to the sheriff. And the sheriff just said, happens all the time, can't do anything about it, basically. So it was not... It happens all the time, but... It was not an unusual phenomena for, for that, that area. area. Yes. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's worth noting that that entire area surrounding Skinwalker yes. Ranch, yes. you know, man may have defined it by its by man-made borders, but the phenomenon don't necessarily just occur on the ranch. Right. We've had other reports of Skinwalker-like creatures, animal mutilations, UFO sightings around the ranch. There were other things that happened to the cattle that they reported. For example, this was after they had moved off the ranch, and he came back one evening to and his wife came back with him just just to check on his bulls. He had four prized bulls in a corral there, and he wanted to go back and check on them before dark. They pulled up into the ranch. The bulls were not in the corral. He began looking for them. He found them after he heard all this commotion. There was a, I, I understood it to be a trailer as if you would pull horses in or the trailer like you would I pull. I understood the same mm-hmm. thing, that, yes. Yeah. And all four of them were packed tightly into that trailer. And they were kicking and, and they were locked in the trailer. I recall the story at first, it was like they were sedated, sedated or hypnotized. Yes. Or something. They didn't appear to be fully coherent under, coherent understanding their surroundings until mm-hmm. they were the ranchers came up yes. and started to yeah. and then that's when they began kicking and screaming yes. yeah and also there were a couple occasions where he or his son who teenage son who mm-hmm. helped him a lot of them they would see a particular cow you know there on the property when they were out working them and then turn around and the next couple minutes and the cow had just totally disappeared and they never found them. Also, one of their cattle was, you say, mutilated. They described it as having literally been ripped apart. They said that his oh, yeah. legs and and his you know upper leg and lower that that all the joints had just been ripped apart and laid out on the ground. I also remember him talking about he had gone to find one of his cows, and his cow had two front legs broken. Yes. And then the next day, or later on that evening, he returned to find the cow's back legs broken. Yes. I think it was sooner than that, uh, Brenda. I think 
uh, as I recall, she, that why wouldn't you put the animal down he, at that time? Yeah, he so ran back to the house with the barn right. to get blankets and stuff to soothe the cow with. And when he got back, the other set of legs were broken. Okay, yeah. As yeah. if he'd been dropped yeah. from a hind. Now, in the current series, they've had a couple of unusual things happen with the cow. The one that died of apparently pneumonia that yeah. they had just acute seen. pneumonia. How do you die from even acute pneumonia? It's not something that takes you right away. Right away. But they had witnessed a UFO. Paul, they noticed when this UFO appeared that the herd of cattle ran to one end of the ranch except for this cow. Let me fill that one in for you if okay. you don't mind because I remember this very well that it was prior to the UFO appearing in the sky, all of the cattle had moved to, say it was the west end of the mm-hmm. corral. I'm not sure. They were in the field. They, they were in the field, but yeah. they were all the way at the other end of the field. Oh, and then the one cow remained for whatever reason. And that cow was found at some point laying down and then poop right above his head. And they have this. They know this because they saw it in a series of, it had to have been a video out there. But what they show in this video is essentially this cow who's down on the ground, laying down on all fours, this UFO appears in the sky, and when it does, this cow tries to get up, and you can actually see it in the video, elongating its neck, struggling to get up. So the cow was fearful of something, whether it knew it or what it was or not, but it was at the same time this UFO had appeared. Just after that, they found the cow there in the pasture, and they had moved it. Yeah, they had moved it out of the pasture that the cows were in. If a cow died for whatever reason, mm-hmm. they would generally move it to part of the pasture or field that was not used a lot, and scavengers would just take care of it. Right, but scavengers never touched this and the state of decomp was extraordinarily slow, from what I understand. So, a year later, a cow that should have been skeletonized was not. The bugs would be after it. No bugs. The wolves or dogs or foxes or even raccoons, I'm sure, would take some portion of the cow, but those things never happen. The cows also showed very high levels of EMF and radiation from a sonometer. Yes. I think that was about all. They could find no toxicology results that would lead them to think that this cow maybe ate something poisonous. There were no real, I mean, other than high EMF and potential nuclear hazards, there were no real indicators that whatever happened to this cow should have 
cause scavengers to stay away from it. And the veterinarian that examined him, sudden acute pneumonia. Sudden acute pneumonia. But even sudden acute pneumonia doesn't kill you that fast. And we know at what time this cow was out moving around Mm -hmm. in the pasture. Of course, we don't know what happened between the time that the cow was trying to escape this UFO that appeared by elongating its neck, assuming it was a UFO it was trying to escape, or when the cow was found dead, because that's all we have. This was later when After Brandon Fugel had installed cameras, cameras everywhere. Uh, yeah. everywhere. One of the things, and besides losing his very expensive and prized cattle, one of the things that I took to mean Tom Gorman's just final straw was the death of his three dogs. They ran out one night. There was something going on out, I think, in the Cottonwoods. There was a stand of Cottonwoods near a creek not too far from the house. They ran out to something in those Cottonwoods. As he watched. Gorman watched them run out there. Yeah, he watched them run out, and there were lights, I think, out there. They commonly report these little tic-tac objects, Mm -hmm. beaming brilliant, bright light, moving five or six feet above the ground very quickly, Mm -hmm. and that is what they were going after. It apparently just burned them, obliterated them to a burned mess. Had to burn grass, yeah. And that was... that was they were uh, incinerated. That was one of the last things. Now, there were a lot of things that went on that they reported that went on. There was poltergeist activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just in the house, but, you know, tools would go misting, and then next day they would reappear, you know, on the opposite side of the ranch, things like that. Things would go missing in the house, and then reappear in a strange place. There were the big wolves, they called them. One of the first experiences they had at the ranch after they moved in was they were all out in the front of the house one evening, and and this wolf came across the field, and they just froze and waited. He walked up to them and then turned around and ran off. Now, Gorman actually shot at this wolf, and convinced that he'd hit him. I think I remember them saying they heard it whimper. But it didn't stop, and yeah. they, it didn't, they didn't find any blood. They could track it to a point, and then the tracks would just disappear, like it had just just disappeared, and they couldn't track it anymore. And then there, there were a couple of instances when uh, Mrs. Gorman would be coming into the ranch, and this wolf-type creature would run alongside her car. Going 60 miles an hour. Yeah, and she an would, she would be frightened, and she would be driving really fast to the, I think it was a quarter mile or half mile mm-hmm. up to the house from the gate. But she would have just gotten out of the car, opened the gate. They had a gate that they closed to keep the cattle from wandering off. Sure. She'd gotten out of her car, opened the gate, driven through it, got out, closed the gate, got back in her car, and then here was this animal. Yes. And so she was frightened more than once by that. I don't think in the latest documentary that's been done by Brandon Fugel, I apologize that I have a hard time with it, they not recorded seeing this animal in this documentary. So I don't have anything that tracks across the whole span of the Gormans and Bigelow. Do you know... 
you know, Bigelow's people said they saw it climbing out of, of one of these alleged vortexes. Well, I don't believe it was the wolf. This was a bipedal animal of sorts that crawled out of the hole and stood up on two legs and ran off. Could have been Bigfoot. Could we don't know. Bigfoot. How about that? We don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, there goes back to that actual UFO researchers actually believe that it is traveling between portals and wormholes yes. and dimensions. So perhaps... It's not as out there as others may think. Based on the things related in the book, there were things that the Gordons witnessed and that Bigelow's investigators witnessed that this more current team have not, and vice versa. Okay, so we have the big wolf creature, We have the creature traveling from alleged portals. We have the orbs and Tic Tacs. Do those track across the Gormans and Bigelow? Yes. And I know they travel across Fugle. Yes. And his ownership. Now, based on the series... They have not had the kind of up-close and personal experiences with some of these orbs that the Gormans did. There were two of the security team, then two scientists. One was an astrophysicist, and he's kind of been the leading character on the show. But he was brought in because he had nothing to do with the ranch initially, and they wanted them to look at a fresh set of eyes, and a set of eyes that just happened to belong to an astrophysicist. Yes, his name is Dr. Travis Taylor. He had turned, and he said that he had gotten this paralyzing fear, but he didn't let it paralyze him too long, because he jumped up as he saw what he described as a ball of light or perhaps one of these tick-tock or tic-tac, rather, type objects moving about five or six feet above the ground into a wooded area. And they had tried to pursue it and could not put their eyes back on it again. But he did talk about the the paralyzing fear that kind of swept over him, and he went to kind of look around and caught it. And I think the other guys he was with caught it, but he had um, moved first, and it disappeared. Had, had kind of a telepathic experience. Kind of yes, like. that's almost how he described it, like yes. he had a telepathic experience with it. Ironically, in the book, it talks about two of the investigators, and one was a scientist who were out again, you know, on their watch that night. And one of the scientists said something to the extent that they're telling me, I'm watching you. And this was when? This was during the Bigelow investigation. They're telling me. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Yes. This was one of the scientists. Yes, yes. Did he elaborate as to... He just said that it was as if they had just taken 
and thought brain and thought and made him say it. So it wasn't something he did on his own. They just said it through him. And they felt like, as do, I think, later investigation, that indeed, whatever it is, is watching them, and that sometimes they are actually toying with them. And that other times, when there was so much equipment and so many people all over the ranch with a lot of gadgets going on and and the whole gang was there, nothing would happen. And then they would all leave and go back to their base in Las Vegas. Tom Gorman would come out, you know, a couple months later on one of his trips out to the ranch to check on the cattle and the ranch. Then he would have these very strange and weird experiences and he would call them. They would immediately come right back out, but then they couldn't. They couldn't replicate experience. But they so believed. They, were they believed Tom Gorman. Yeah, they believed. Him. But it's interesting wow. now. Apparently, the people who the family that owned the ranch before had installed locks. Oh, and that's boats, right. Boards on the inside of their house. Mm-hmm. over the windows and the doors. So they knew that either a very, you know, uneasy family lived there or that there had been things going on. They resolved that that's what had been happening. They would describe sitting in the in their house in the evening yes. and these blue orbs would just fly yes. around the house and around. They could see and them stop the at window. the windows. Yes. And so they surmised that might be why the earlier family had boards that they put over the window. Well, that would make sense. I know if something was peering into the windows of my home, I would want to run as far away as I could <laughs> from the yes. house. It's a mystery. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Brandon Fugel actually is able to um, bring some sense to it, to some of it. You know, there's another podcast we did, and I'm going to take an opportunity to plug it by saying a little bit, not saying too much. When you read that about the light orbs looking into their windows, did it not remind you of a paranormal case we once had about a light light orb that was flying through someone's home? Yes. And we did a podcast on that. And you'll have to stay tuned listening to our podcast if you want to hear the story. Very interesting and one of our most interesting investigations. Yes, absolutely. I recommend that any of you that are listening, if if you have a real deep interest in the Skinwalker Ranch and and you're following the the current series, which Mm -hmm. is is excellent. Yeah, it's called the Uh, Skinwalker Ranch, I think. Skinwalker Ranch, I think. That you pick up this book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, Science Confronts the Unexplained at a Remote Ranch in Utah. This book prefaces Tom Gorman's time with some history of the area, which in itself is extremely interesting. There was a fight between the Utes and the and another Indian tribe, mm-hmm. and it's believed that they had cursed the place. Yes, Correct. and a skinwalker is a uh, an Indian legend. It talks about some of the history of the immediate area. And then later in the book, it talks about another town, Dulce, New Mexico, and talks about some of the very similar 
happenings that have gone on in that area and have been studied. It's just breathtaking. Give some love by subscribing to our podcast to make sure you get your weekly paranormal fix. We are delighted that you have joined us today. There's plenty more stories and interviews to come. Visit our website at terrellghosts.com. Do you have a question or suggestion for a future podcast? Send us an email at investigators at terrellghosts.com. Remember, it is all good.